0: This is the podcast for fintech professionals, from the budding to the well-established, where we find out what could be learned from the movers and shakers working in the industry. My guest today is Stephanie Wilkes-Wiffen, UK Head of Marketing for eToro. Stephanie, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. How are things going? Where are you speaking from?
1: Hi Nat. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm speaking from uh, Chelmsford in Essex at the moment, having just slightly moved back from London temporarily.
0: Okay, so you're still working from home for the moment?
1: still working from home at the moment hopefully to back in the office by summer so looking forward to that
0: now Stephanie I think quite a few listeners it's fair to say will have heard of eToro but for those who haven't or for anyone that just needs a little bit of a reminder could you tell us about the company
1: absolutely we are an online trading investment platform we are a multi-asset platform and serve over 100 countries around the world we offer you the ability to invest in the assets that you want so that's anything from the stocks like tesla and apple to crypto assets such as bitcoin ethereum and we also offer the ability for you to copy other traders on our platform. So if you don't have the time to invest yourself you can copy another trader at a click of a button
0: so Stephanie, what makes eToro different to some of the other, you know, options that are out there for people who want to be buying and selling stocks and, and trading assets?
1: We're a social trading network. And so we also have the feed. And this is where you can see what other people are posting, what other investors are talking about, what they're investing in. You can ask questions to our popular investors. So these are our investors on the platform that you can copy. And so you can ask them, you know, their thoughts. You can read their strategies. You can see their performance. So I'd say that really sets us apart.
0: And as I mentioned, you are head of marketing for the UK for eToro, for the UK and Ireland, I believe. And you must be doing a pretty good job because eToro is everywhere at the moment, isn't it? (laughs)
1: That's good you say that. So, yeah, I mean, we've had an absolutely crazy last 12 months. You know, what has been coined as the retail investor boom has definitely um, been the case. We're seeing people who have, you know, after lockdown, turning to different things to do during lockdown, expanding their skill set, reading more, learning about investing and really starting to understand the investment industry. It's been a fantastic time. It's something that I've kind of envisioned for a long time. And what eToro has always set out to do It's always wanted to kind of open. investment markets and the global markets to everybody and anyone that wants to invest. And I think we've really seen that come to life in the last 12 months.
0: So you sort of kind of touched on the drivers there, but do you think that's, you know, principally a feature of people, you know, having more time on their hands? Do you think there's anything else going on there?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, once we went into lockdown, we did see that was kind of the beginning of the last kind of 12 months, which has been, you know, we've seen kind of phenomenon, phenomenal traffic to our site and, and you know, new registrations. I mean, globally now we're over 20 million uh, users. So you can just kind of understand the sheer scale of kind of the, the movement that we've seen, I'd say, over the last 12 months. And I think it's been a, a, you know, a combination of people having more time on their hands because they're in inside lockdown with nothing to do and people naturally kind of start looking looking at different topics and different things to kind of expand their skill sets but also because you know we've had other people who have looked at different you know how do I safeguard my future and how do I make sure that I have got income for the future and you know lots of people have always been taught to save but ultimately you know you know saving at the moment and sticking money in a bank account you're not going to get you know very desirable returns and so people are Mm. looking at other ways about how do I invest in stocks for the long term and to kind of help safeguard my my future I think it's a bit of a combination of both.
0: Perhaps I think I mentioned that Etoro is everywhere at the moment. I think that one way one particularly notable facet of that is that you guys are now one of the major sponsors of the Premier League and I think have been for um some time now. So you've obviously as a as a company decided to, you know, spend a lot on being very very vis- visible. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and, you know, where that comes from as a strategy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going into our fourth year of our football aggregation model uh, in terms of sponsorships. So we sponsor six Premier League football clubs currently. Uh, And kind of the reasoning behind that is when we look at our target audience and who we see as the typical demographics of eToro users are male, 20 to 45 and their kind of key number one interest is sports so it was a natural alignment for us to kind of really kind of start focusing on the you know the world of football it also works quite nicely in terms of syncing up with our our kind of usp around community and the feed because you know football is a community football fans are a big huge community and so we really wanted to kind of have that synergy there
0: okay yeah and i understand am i right in saying that at your time at etoro i think you joined in 2018. Yes. And that kind of one of your focuses has been sort of changing some of the perceptions around the brand and that sort of thing. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: So, you know, when eToro started out, we were a, a traditional derivatives platform, CFD platform. And, you know, over the past, you know, Three, four, five years, we introduced crypto, and then in 2018 we introduced stocks onto the platform. And really, we kind of wanted to move away from us being seen as this traditional kind of CFD forex platform to a multi-asset platform. And so it was it was a large um, part of my job. You know, when I joined, was to how do we shift the kind of perception that we, hey, we're not just this CFD platform, but actually you can you can invest in stocks, but also crypto with us. And so the the last kind of two and a half years have been really kind of focusing on Etoro's stocks offering. And so it's kind of aligned with some of our biggest campaigns that we've done around you know investing in the brands that you love and our 0% commission campaign that's been running since as well.
0: So kind of amplifying certain messages around the company that you want to you know you want to be putting out there and you want to be pushing has sort of been something that you've tried to focus on is that fair
1: yeah absolutely so you always kind of focus on the kind of areas of the business that you want to to build out and and that's exactly what we've been doing so you know a large proportion of our clients that come on now are stocks clients
0: you're somebody who's got a fair, a fair bit of experience working in sort of fintech marketing. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career? Sort of how did you come to be in your in your current role?
1: So in terms of marketing, I've kind of fell into marketing after university. Graduated during the kind of 2008-2009 recession. So I think as people would probably understand now, we'll probably go through something similar. It's a very difficult time to get a job. So really I was open to anything and I managed to get a, a marketing assistant role for an insurance company, Towergate Insurance. And I worked there for a couple of years, someone in this who was looking after email marketing left. And the day before they left, RMD said to them, can you come and sit with Steph and just tell him, tell her what you do. And so I kind of all of a sudden got dumped into the world of CRM and email marketing and kind of just really took on that. And I kind of Built out my expertise in uh, email marketing. And then uh, from that, kind of just, I suppose it just kind of snowballed. So then I ended up at, uh, I did a short at MG investments. So that was kind of my first foray into the investment world. That was really interesting. But I was approached by Nutmeg, which was uh, for a CRM manager role. And so really, I got to take a lot of the experience I had and things I'd learned from Towergate to Nutmeg. And there I was a CRM manager for two and a half years. And that was kind of when I was more into the world of ices and pensions and investments. And, you know, Nutmeg's goal was also really to kind of make investing um, accessible for everybody. For people, who, you know, who are typically investing, you know, their ices and pensions and getting charged, crazy fees and um, they wanted to make it a lot more affordable for everybody. And, you know, a simple, transparent platform where you could go on and look at your, your ISA or your pension value at any point. And so I'd say that has the biggest synergy with eToro really. So I was there for a few years. I'm a big traveler. I love to, to backpack and hike. So the goal was to kind of take a bit of a six-month sabbatical. So I did that, worked for a couple of other kind of fintechs or startups. So ClearScore and uh, Gusto, so slightly not quite fintech, but they've also had really phenomenal success recently with their growth. And I came back from my traveling.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. So I see from my notes here that you you mentioned you're a keen hiker shortly before the pandemic. Listeners may have heard of the global pandemic. You walked (laughs) the Annapurna circuit in Nepal for 15 days in minus 20 conditions.
1: It wasn't was all like? minus 20, but yeah. It, it sounds pretty horrible to me. How was it? <laughs> it was one of the best experiences of my life. If I, I, mean, anyone who's listening has been thinking about doing a hiking challenge or, you know, look, loves the look of kind of Nepal, I'd really recommend the Annapurna Circuit. I mean, you know, it, it was minus 20 at certain points and then you cross the kind of a highest peak throng pedi, which is actually higher than Everest Base Camp. So yeah, it, you know, with wind chill, snow, pitch black and, cli- you know, climbing over a mountain could be pretty daunting but you know a lot of the other part of it was you know sunny and warm and phenomenal sights
0: what kind of altitudes would you be spending periods of time
1: at we were above for i think the highest point or now you're gonna now you're asking me i think the highest sorry i'm testing you 5300 meters or around that that's the highest point You're spending yeah. a lot of like a good few days above 4,000. I had altitude sickness. Um, I was really sick. We had to, to hire a, a Jeep, like an emergency Jeep to take me down a few, about a thousand meters where I stayed for a few days to kind of recover. And then I carried on. So it, it can be quite dangerous, but I would I'd do it again with a drop of a button.
0: A drop of a button. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so FinTech then, it wasn't something you thought you'd be interested in when you're at uni, I take it.
1: No, I mean, I, I did criminology and uh, psychology. I was always very interested in kind of the criminal justice service and kind of had visions of going into either kind of politics or the kind of civil service of some kind. But again, like I said, the recession kind of, threw up a lot of plans and fell into marketing then fell into finance and then fell into fintech really. And I'm really glad that it happened that way because I absolutely love fintech. I love what we've seen has actually happened over the last 12 months that finally it seems that lots of people are interested in investing and people want to make their money work harder and people aren't scared and they don't see it so much now as this opaque and scary world, which is just kind of reserved for middle-aged men in suits in kind of high towers in the city it's finally become something that you know every person wants wants to talk about and everyone's talking about hey I've just invested in Tesla or I've got Apple stocks and it's, it's a dinner table conversation that you have with your friends or down the pub well you know it will be down the pub <laughs> where, as of today but we have really seen that shift and it's, it's really great to see after kind of working the last few years in kind of investment fintech to see that change
0: And something I guess that you've seen grow, you know, over the past decade or so, kind of working in and around the industry, it's kind of come quite a long way, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like I said, you know, 12 months ago or, you know, slightly over 12 months now, but, you know, if I, I could never have foreseen this, the growth and, and the interest now in, in investments. I mean, we, we had a preview of that, I guess, a sneak preview with crypto, the crypto rallies that we saw kind of ended 2017, 2018, when the world suddenly became aware of Bitcoin um, and you saw kind of every, every person suddenly talking about Bitcoin and the excitement and the interest. And I don't think we really had that in the investment world before crypto came about and before we saw kind of Bitcoin came to the table. And so... Really, I think we've we've almost seen that happen again in the last twelve months, but just with stocks.
0: You sort of mentioned, like you know, that during the pandemic, there's been a, a massive growth in people using eToro, and you know, I think that's been a phenomenon we've seen. You know, people uh, jumping on these apps and and starting to invest. Has there been any change in the types of people that are investors using apps like eToro?
1: Yeah, and um, one really interesting insight is that we have actually seen a, um, a larger adoption by women. So again, it's something I've been really passionate about for the past kind of like five, 10 years and getting more women involved in investing and kind of looking out for their future. But we've actually seen, as I say, typically a client base is made up around 90% male, 10% female. Um, however, we've seen that shift, I'd say over the last kind of 12 to 18 months to around 15%. So it kind of obviously fluctuates on a monthly basis, but we have 100% seen a, you know a really positive move to the number of women starting to invest and use our platform.
0: And why do you think, do you have any ideas about what it is that's behind that? Something's happening during the pandemic that more women are sort of waking up to this as an opportunity for them?
1: I think it's just the same as the kind of the two reasons they gave to you before. I think people are, it's hit, and, hit home a little bit more about how important it is to kind of look out for your future and, and be prepared. We don't know what's around the corner. and People have lost their jobs. People have, you know, lost loved ones. People, you know, the last year is being so unpredictable. And I think it's made people realise that they do need to prepare and, you know, saving for that rainy day fund and you know putting away in a bank account maybe isn't the best always the best option so it's it's a combination of that and also just people wanting to learn more skills and and better themselves yeah i don't think it's any different for women than it is for for men
0: yeah i guess there's you know there's definitely an argument that it's something that speaks to a business like etoro's credit you know and, and it's something that you touched on earlier like the idea that having making it easy to invest kind of opens it up to people, groups of people who kind of maybe previously felt like, oh, that, that wasn't for me. That's a boys club. That's for kind of blokes in the city in ivory towers. It, so, it kind yeah. of
1: comes down to the, again, to the, the campaign that we had around investing in the brands that you love. We wanted to make people realize that you don't have to have loads of analytical insight on these companies to invest in them. Actually, as consumers, we have our ear to the ground so much more than sometimes the analysts working for these big companies, because we are the ones who are consuming every day um, different products and services. And so if something's taking off or something's really picking up, we know that something might be worth an investment for maybe someone else does. For example, you know, a few years ago, I mean, it must be about five years ago, I'm a big fan of a g and uh, I was noticing in a couple of bars um, around London when I was having a gin and tonic, I was getting Fever Tree tonic with my gin and tonic, and I was thinking, this is really nice. This is so much better than Short's, you know. And I, I, I noticed that. And if I had had my investment hat on, and it was before I was working in the investment market, but I would have gone and had a look. And if I had invested in Fever Tree back then, the growth that Fever Tree have seen over the kind of last five years has been fantastic. And so, you know, that's something that I noticed just by going to the pub and having a few G and T's. And so, you know, if people take that approach to things and like, actually, you know, I love using Apple products. I don't see Apple going anywhere. You know, I have beats, I have iPhone, I have a laptop. I massively as as a consumer invest in Apple. So why do I not just go and invest in Apple stock? It's kind of thinking about investments differently. And I think maybe that kind of thinking hopefully has helped more and more people who maybe wouldn't invest before start to reconsider
0: if I'm interpreting you right, Stephanie, what you're saying is go to the pub, have a few drinks, then decide to <laughs>
1: <investing>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Always the best option. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And that is the end of this episode of Fintech Mix. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard and you haven't already, then do check out our other episodes and subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future podcasts. Fintech Mix is a podcast from Say Hello to Audio. To find out more, visit fintechmix.com.